Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, man? Oh. <laughs> Once again, your vocal performance just lighting up the, everybody's morning. Oh, stop lying, man. <laughs> hey, Randy's sitting in with me. Uh, for the for the second day uh, this week, two icons yeah. in the same studio. <laughs> Who knew there was enough room? We have two and a half Bruins. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want to claim them these days where they've been getting whipped up on. Talk first about your alma mater. That was a hard one to to to, to uh, watch and swallow last week versus Stanford. Well, Jim Moore. Those on the East Coast didn't stay up. On that. <laughs> no kidding. But, but, uh, yeah, I, for whatever reason. They just haven't put uh, two sides of the ball together uh, other than the second half against A&M where they kind of blew everybody's mind coming back from 44 to 10. But uh, run defense gave way. Uh, Bryce Love, who had been sensational and quietly, quietly is having kind of a Saquon Barkley kind of year. Unfortunately for Bryce Love, he's just not on a team that's quite as hot as Penn State right now. But uh uh, really, really, everybody said, how are you going to replace Christian McCaffrey? Where Bryce Love says, watch. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. having a whale of a season. Hey, Rick, you know, you look at what's going on right now in the SEC um, and putting the Alabama, basically, annihilation of Vanderbilt aside. What are your thoughts on the rest of the SEC and how it's starting to kind of settle out and, and how much should, should Georgia fans really buy into what their team's doing? Well, you know, Steve Spurrier and I were talking about this yesterday and and the problem with the SEC and the problem with a lot of college football. And I don't know that it's a problem or, or, or one of the great traits that we have is the expectations at probably seven of the SEC 14 schools are that if we're not a top 10 or top 5 team, we need to fire our coach. Mm-hmm. Now, there's only one school in the SEC that's going to be a top 5 team annually, and that's Nick Saban and the process, and their recruiting is, is off the charts, and, and obviously they've been in that role uh, for some time. But think of the other six, and I'm talking about LSU. I'm talking about Texas A&M. I'm talking about Tennessee. I'm talking about Georgia. I'm talking about Florida. You know, these, these schools, uh, all, and, and, and Auburn's in there as well. You, these schools all, if they're not a top five to top ten team, they want somebody's head. And right now, Kevin Sumlin and uh, Butch Jones are feeling that heat. You know, there were people talking about Jim McElwain. Is he the right guy because Florida's offense has been sputtering? But he's won two SEC East titles, and he's won nine of ten games decided by a touchdown or less. I mean, to me, it's, it's good college football, if not great college football. But expectations are out of whack, and and the problem is they also spend all the money in the world. So you, if it, it's not as though these guys can can claim they don't have the resources to finance these expectations, I just think the expectations are just too high. Do you see a reversing course and and people come back down to earth and realize, hey, that's not our reality year in and year out. There may be a year where we we grab the you know you know the 
thing by the tail, and, and we're the, the big kahuna, but that's not going to be each and every season. Well, and, and, and you, let's use Tennessee as, as, uh, as, as the case study here, Brian, because you, and, you were a Tennessee fan a year ago. You had them in your final four because all the, all, everything lined up with all the seniors coming back and so forth. And gosh darn, did they entertain us for the first half of the season. But attrition hits. Too many guys go down. And with that, so did to their fortunes. And next thing you know, Butch Jones is on the hot seat in a year where he's lost his starting quarterback. He's lost a great number of guys on the defensive side, including his best pass rusher in Derek Barnett. You are in harm's way. You are in absolute harm's way. And that's why this is kind of a Butch's last stand as we uh, uh, air the uh, Tennessee-Georgia game this week in Knoxville. I mean, Butch Jones is embattled right now. So it's it's just uh, kind of the nature of the beast right now. But it's if if you want to have a long long career, don't get into college coaching. <laughs> hey, one of the one of the highly anticipated decisions that Kirby Smart has kicked down the road a little bit is that quarterback decision he's going to have with Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason. You know, you, you've been involved with quite a few right. high quality quarterbacks in your time as a coach. How is this usually resolved? I mean, is this something that he gets healthy and the kid keeps playing well, the kid being Jake Fromm in this case? Right. Um, you don't have much of a choice but to sort of stay with a hot hand, do you? This is one of those deals that uh, from from outside looking in doesn't look fair. You know, uh, Jake Geets, Jacob Beeson was the starting quarterback. He gets tweaked. Brian hated the play, a guy hitting him out of bounds and – and, uh, you know, he, he, he's lost for a bit of time. And here comes Jake Fromm. And Jake Fromm, as you just said, Randy, is playing tremendously. But what we don't know from our vantage point is how those kids are in the locker room. And my guess is, and the reason we heard so much about Jake Fromm uh, over the course of last spring into the fall is he's, he's one of those locker room guys. He's a guy that can clap in the huddle and everybody pays attention and it's never too big for him. I think it was obvious to all of us when he got into the game, even against App State, that he wasn't nervous. He, he couldn't wait to play. On the big stage at Notre Dame, he did the same thing. Now, Jim Chaney uh, has been kind of nursing him, but this last game against Mississippi State, I thought that was Jim Chaney's best game as the coordinator at Georgia. He looked uh, uh, like he had all the tools. His receivers were getting down the field. They had explosives. They had Chubb back to full speed. I, I think this is a really good-looking Georgia team right now. And if that be the case, you're not going to mess with the quarterback position. Speaking of quarterbacks, Felipe Franks benched last week in that Kentucky-Florida ball game. Luke Del Rio comes in, throws the uh, winning score, and now he's the starter. Does Jim McElwain and my man uh, Doug Nussmeyer, do they just need to settle on one quarterback, or is this back and forth? Does it work for them? Well, to me, Brian, I, I thought, you know, to go get Malik Zaire, maybe they were saying, you know, everybody else has got a dual-threat quarterback. Why don't we get one? Why don't we get a guy that we can put some offense in there with some zone read, get some option stuff going, get an extra number in the box, and, and have our way with the math of offensive football. Uh, but they're stubborn. They don't want to do that. They want to play their West Coast offense, and certainly they've been successful with it. As we just pointed out, McElwain's won a bunch of close games. And if you're going to be in a West Coast offense, then you ought to go with the guy who's the coach on the field, and that's Luke Del Rio. 
He's, you know, his dad's the coach of the Raiders. He's, he's savvy. He's been around film and his whole life. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's a team guy. You saw him waving his towel even when he wasn't in the game when they beat Tennessee in Gainesville. I, I think this is a good move. Uh, if you're going to stick with that offense, this is the guy that probably can get you more first downs than any of the other guys. He may not have the big play uh, wow factor, but he can. he's going to be able to uh, – What's the old saying about quarterbacks? Manage games really, really well. <laughs> Thought they hated that. <laughs> I know. I, hey, but I, I go back to my career. I was a great manager. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are, are we in that time of the year, Rick, where we've got to see impressive performances to keep teams up towards the top? You know, and I, I, I particularly think of teams like Clemson and Oklahoma and teams like that, that it seems – Opinions change kind of like wind direction, depending on what the latest what the well, latest yeah, effort is pe- on the field. People always want the you know have a flair for the dramatic. We want the, we want the dramatic. But to me, I think Alabama and Clemson have kind of, if not in pen, then certainly dark pencil put themselves in the Final Four. I mean, their defenses have shown to be so impressive that they're never going to be out of a game, and their offenses with their dual-threat quarterbacks, uh, have enough sizzle to, to make it work. And, and so, yeah, they might stumble, but I think we're always going to kind of gravitate towards them because we've seen them the last two years be so dang impressive, and they haven't blown it in the playoffs. So all those things that kind of haunt our memories, I think those two teams are in. So now it comes down to, yes, you've got to impress us, but also just keep looking at schedules. And I think Washington in the Pac-12 – and Wisconsin in the Big Ten have schedules that if they can get to their championship games, which I think are their, their big favorites to do so, I think both have great chances to get to the Final Four because the on the other side of the Big Ten, while everybody's enamored with Penn State, they looked at least vulnerable this last week. And SC has certainly looked vulnerable on the other side of the Pac-12. Uh, and then you've got – a big-time group of teams going to fight it out in that Big 12. And now Oklahoma's sitting, why do we get the playoff game this year? (laughs) Because they already have a win over uh, Ohio State team on the road. So I I just think Wisconsin and Washington are going to be kind of in the weeds, kind of, and I think it wouldn't surprise me at all that they make it. What about TCU? How impressive was that victory on the road versus a ranked Oklahoma State team? Gary Patterson has added one more weapon to his quiver, which is – time of possession. I mean, against both Arkansas and Oklahoma State, he was able to play keep away. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Cumbie's ability to kind of manage Kenny Hill and keep the interceptions down and get him to be the efficient player that they all want him to be, along with your guy, Darius Anderson, right, that running back at mm-hmm. TCU, mm-hmm. I think all that fits well into TCU having great chances. The only problem is, again, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kansas State, they're all still looming, and to see them get through all that without a blemish would be is, for me, a little bit difficult to imagine. You could have thrown Texas in there, too, man. Come on. I, could, no could have. I was waiting for you. I was waiting <laughs> for you to throw a ball. Could have thrown them in there. I mean, heck. Hey, by the way, good luck with uh, Friday night, seeing as you're on Fantasy Island all by yourself on that SC pick. Yeah, Exactly. SC and Washington State, and, and you guys all jumped on the uh, 
the wizard of the Palouse, you know, the <laughs> who has never answered a question about football in his life. <laughs> he goes into Lentil. He goes into Geronimo. He yeah. goes into pirate ships, but he doesn't want to talk X's and O's. <laughs> but uh, the bottom line is, I believe uh, SC has the wherewithal to, to handle that game. And then I think they have the wherewithal to get themselves into a position for big prizes. All right, we'll see because our man Sam Donald continues to throw interceptions seven on the season and they haven't been able to run the rock yeah. their last two so ball far, games. No Luke Falk. Yeah, in the manner in which they did the first. And 3.5 yards per carry in the last two games. That's not very good, you don't uh, think? Uh, they haven't <laughs> run and been able 71 versus Texas. 71 yards running. That was I it. 1.9 per carry. Yeah, that was hey, are it. Are you guys going to be a, a, a thing now in the morning? No, no, no. This is it. This is all we can take. This Wait is a minute. It. I had a song for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell no, bye, Rick. <laughs> I had a song for you. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> you better hurry up. We got 20 seconds. <laughs> it, it's mornings with Brian and Randy. They're loaded with savvy and wit. Enjoy mornings with Brian and Randy, but wear boots because they're full of <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate nice. you. <laughs> That's all I got for you, man. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.